Mike Napier, and yeah, I'm doing another one of these solo things. Um, deal with it. Uh, oh, I also, if you hear any uh, microphone knocking, it's because I just have it sitting in my lap. I'm being super casual right now. I, uh, I'm drinking out of a nice Halloween mug that has dancing skeletons on it that seem to be playing. Well, actually, I was going to say jazz, but one of them does have banjo, and another one, that's an electric guitar, it's a saxophone, bong. Bongo. That's a. Now it's just kind of a weird band, more than I think about it. And also, how honestly, how can a skeleton play a trombone? It doesn't have lungs. That aside, what I am here to talk about is Dark Glasses, Dario Argento's new movie. I'm going to repeat that: Dario Argento's new movie. Thank you, Shutter, for letting us watch this early with that special premiere the other day. Um. I was super excited. I, I, um, I've been looking forward to this for a while. And I know it's hard to look forward to a new Dario Argento movie, especially when you consider what his last one was. So, yeah, it's Dracula. So, I was holding out hope. Even at his super advanced days, he's like, what, E now? Um, it seemed like he may be going back to his roots. And of course, we've seen him go back to his roots with um, the creatively named Giallo. But I, I felt like he... He still could have had it in him, and Dark Glasses looked so good. And damn it, I actually enjoyed it. I actually really, really dug a new Dario Argento movie. And I I loved it for both a return of, of some classical Argento-ness, but also a lot of differences. And also a bit of a return to a certain type of Argento giallo that he hasn't done very much. Um... And he co-wrote this with uh, a long-term writing partner. Some usual suspects, of course, but but what Dark Glasses really felt like to me was something more akin to Trauma, which is a movie of his I absolutely love, uh, one of his 90s entries, which is, you know, his 90s output tends to be looked down upon, but I disagree in, in some ways. But both Trauma and, to another extent, uh, Phenomena and Dark Glasses, to me, put character first above everything else and that's not always true of any giallo and especially argentos as well where the where the mystery tends to be the purveying factor as to why you're watching the movie that's what's driving it not necessarily the characters in the picture itself uh, i actually find that is a hallmark of giallo in particular it's it's part of the mystery is the mood while you could say noir kind of like you know Giallo is like the European noir, where American noir is actually both character and mystery are intertwined together. So it's cool whenever I see Argento or any other Giallo go into that route where the characters drive the mystery and the mystery doesn't drive the characters. And it's not all just stylistic. That's what I enjoyed about this. In some ways, it can be, I could see it being a letdown because it's, it's not stylized like Argento tends to be. It doesn't have the big stylistic flourishes uh, other than an eclipse that's seen at the beginning of the picture. But I like that. I, I like how he went 
once again, reminded me a bit of Trauma, which is which does have a lot of stylization, mostly at like the end, but also has like this grimy grittiness to its almost a a sadness in the visuals, which makes sense um, if you if you know a lot about why he made Trauma. This doesn't have that. This feels naturalistic in so many ways. Um, and I don't know if that's has to necessarily do with budget or if that was a conscious choice on his part. But I, I like that. I like how he went a little bit different. Where, yeah, it still has some close-ups of, you know, gloved hands strangling beautiful women and all that. Most likely those hands are played by Argento. But I enjoy these movies where if we took out that main drive of the murder, of the horror, of the mystery, I'd be okay with spending time with the characters. And and to me, both um, Diana and Shin, I, I enjoyed the concept of that relationship. Um, to me, that's actually something that could more or less support a movie on its own, which I think is really interesting. And I love that um, anytime a movie introduces a core concept that stands on its own outside of its own genre, I think horror is great for that. Um, I, I, like to, I enjoy seeing that utilized a bit more. Where the setup being, um, while Diana's uh, escaping a killer, she crashes her car into another car. The family in the other car dies, except their son who lives, and they end up forming this kind of relationship and bond. And yeah, that's just a plot of a movie. And therein lies maybe like one of the only big weaknesses, at least something that stands out, which is more or less the killer isn't that interesting. I, th- I was expecting more a little bit more of a twist to it and of course I won't go in for for spoilers or anything but a little mundane in that regard once again it's not the driving force of the of the film so it's really hard for me to rag on that kind of thing because it just doesn't seem like that's where the interests in its creation lied and it was mostly just with telling the story of the characters and what they went through it's actually it really does feel more of like an american film to that degree. But as far as the other characters go, uh, the fact that it employs a child character directed by Dario Argento, and it's actually a pretty good performance, just shocks me. I, I'm sorry, I just don't imagine Dario Argento being good with children. But um, I, I really liked the lead performance of uh, Linnea Pastorelli as Diana. Like She has this drive of really struggling with this blindness she's inflicted with post-accident, but she tries to push through the difficulties that come with it, while also showing a lot of fallibility. Like, what I enjoyed most is, since this is so early in her becoming blind, she's having extreme difficulty, but she's pushing through it. She's trying to walk it off, more or less. And you don't see that, I think, in blind performances a lot, and I think it covers up a lot of inauthenticity to a blind performance, where if you're not going all in, if you're if you're playing a character who's been blind for you know since childhood or since birth, and you can really like delve into certain tics and and whatnot, but if you're not playing that, I, you either see an actor who's just stumbling about essentially uh, with the performance, or playing someone who is clearly adjusted way too quickly, um, where it's not realistic. And I like the balance you get with Diana. Where she's both feels has a air of helplessness due to the blindness, but isn't letting it necessarily completely stop her. 
and and she's able to still protect Chin despite that disability while trying to escape this killer. And it really does only take place over the course of I don't know week. Honestly, it it felt like um, and it's a very lean and mean movie. I mean, it's one of his shortest. I think it's about an hour and a half. Um, I wouldn't have minded if it was a little bit longer, but I honestly don't think it would have supported any more length. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean sometimes a movie just doesn't need to be any longer. Um, it's nice and lean. It still takes its time with some good sequences. I really love the third act. It doesn't meander and still allows Argento to really kind of through cinematography and directing style kind of lay into the city and the world a little bit. Or it feels very real to me. I, I don't know, more so than any other Argento movie. Um, once again, I don't know if that has to do with budget restraints, so he couldn't go very stylistic with it, but I absolutely love that. There's something interesting about telling the story of a blind woman and making everything kind of mundane. Um, it felt more like you were just walking around Italy in like a found footage movie in, in a way and not that it has shaky uh handy cam or shaky cam or anything like that but you actually felt like you were in a real world versus something overly stylized overly you know showing off architecture you actually felt like you were in a real apartment block you were in a real apartment you were actually in the woods which by the way that sequence in the woods if you've seen the movie oh my god you know why I'm bringing this up. I'm not going to say it, but that might be one of the most startling, disturbing things I've ever seen. Um, and I don't even have a phobia of that particular thing. But well done, well done Argento. Um, also, once again, not going to spoil it, but I just want the monkey from Phenomena to team up with the dog from Dark Glasses and form like a superhero team. And that's all I'll say. But all in all, and to keep from rambling too much, to me, it was... Obviously, I think with any Argento movie, your results will vary, particularly with modern Argento. But if you just open up your, if you just open yourself up to allowing yourself to enjoy modern Argento, like okay, this isn't a movie that was made before I was born, and it's not the '70s. To me, it stands toe to toe with a lot of them. Is it like an instant classic? No. Is it up there with Cat of Nine Tales or anything like that? Not really. But it's me a solid entry in his canon and the fact that he's 80 years old and coming off of dracula 3d says a lot he still has it in him and i have a new giallo i really like from argento and i cannot wait to pick this thing up on blu-ray when it comes out but killer aside you know i i would have liked a little bit more of a cat and mouse aspect to it a little bit more of a chase but what's there is still pretty good and it's you know good performances all around i i like the differences Argento's going for with this. Um, something he doesn't need to do in his age, honestly. Um, and it's still surreal to see like classic Giallo shot selection done in like an HD digital camera. That's really weird to me. But but it, it's it's funny. All, above all, there's actually kind of a sweetness to the movie, too. Um, it's like between the characters, the ending, with something that doesn't exist entirely in many Argento movies. And I don't know if that has to do with his age, even though this script I know he's been banding about for who knows how long. So I don't know if that was always there, baked in, or if that's something that came later, but there is a real affinity to theirs. 
And much so, it's one of the only Argento movies where I can go, like, I could see these characters actually come back. Or at least Diana or something. And not saying that should happen or anything like that. But it says a lot that I like them enough to feel that way. And a lot of times, a giallo in Argento movies, I couldn't name the main character. And that's not to say they're not good. But outside of things like Suspiria or Inferno or Phenomena um, or Trauma and stuff, you know, they're just... The character often is window dressing um, and not in a negative way. It's the style of film. You know, that's, that's part of it. So to see Argento come back after all this time and hopefully turn the conversation around a little bit over what the end of his career will be. And do it with a focus, not necessarily a focus on character, but with characters you have an affinity for. Characters you actually like, you know, something beyond just, man, look at Argento's bright reds and stark blues and, and all that. And that's the only thing you're going in for. I enjoyed the concept of, even if this is Argento's last movie, that it ends on a note of Argento kind of gave you something a little bit different. And honestly, that's more than I can ask for, considering I was going in just hoping, well, it couldn't be worse than Dracula 3D. Instead, I got a solid giallo, a return to form for Argento. It's, not every movie has to be the absolute best. He doesn't need to make Deep Red again. Something can just be good, people. It's me yelling at the internet. It can just be good. So I apologize for rambling a little bit, but I just really love I just really love Dark Glasses. Um, check it out as soon as you can. I know it's coming to Shudder here very soon this month. So if you didn't get to check out the premiere, it'll be up there soon. And honestly, if it's your first time seeing Argento, start there. And then just, like, you know, ignore Dracula 3D and Phantom of the Opera. Most things in the 2000s. But past that, you know, you're you're in a little better shape. But before... Some mysterious gloved hands that probably belong to Dario Argento. Come out of the darkness and strangle me. I will stop babbling now and wish you all do. Of course, this has been Box Office Pulp, which you can find at boxofficepulp.com. Every other episode of this goddamn show can, of course, be found on your favorite podcatchers, such as Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify. Google Podcasts, blah, 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 blah. You can find all the handy-dandy links, of course, at our website. We're also on Twitter, at BoxOfficePulp, Facebook.com slash BoxOfficePulpPodcast. I'm on Twitter, at LuckyDeckNapier. I'm getting the hell out of here. This is Box Office Pulp Guy, and this has been a Pulp Podcast production. Now please, 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 put a gun in my mouth and pull the trigger and say goodnight. And now, on with the show.